Hey, future doctors. Welcome back to Spoonful of Sugar. We have an amazing episode in store for you today on a much-needed topic. Let's let the host introduce themselves and take it away. Hey, future doctors. Thanks for tuning in to Spoonful of Sugar, a podcast made for medical students by medical students to help the medicine go down. This is Carla Wyatt-Ingram. And Michelle True, And we're third-year medical students at the University of South Carolina School of Medicine, Greenville. And we will be your host today. When can you test for congenital anomalies? What can you screen for prenatally? How do you interpret the results? Prenatal testing can be a confusing topic, but one that test writers and future patients alike will have many questions for you about. In today's episode, we delve into prenatal screenings and diagnostic tests. We're going to be asking lots of questions, so feel free to pause the episode and think about the answers as needed. Take this episode as a learning opportunity. If you don't know the answers, that's okay. We're here to learn. Before we start, we want to recognize that there are many legal and ethical questions surrounding prenatal screening and testing and what should or should not be done with the results of that screener test. For today's episode, we will focus on the step testable material about the science of these screens and tests, but encourage you as future healthcare providers to always consider the ethics of what it is that we do. We will start this episode talking about prenatal screenings. The test that is done is dependent on the trimester of the pregnant person. There is a first trimester screen done during week 10 through 13 and a second trimester screen done during week 15 to 20. Do you know what is screened for in the first trimester? Correct, we screen for trisomy 13, 18, and 21 by looking at beta-HCG or beta-human choreogonadotropin and PAPPA or pregnancy-associated plasma protein A levels. Pregnant persons will also have an ultrasound to look for nuchal translucency at this point. Do you know why we look for nuchal translucency? That's right. Increased nuchal translucency is associated with congenital heart conditions and aneuploidy. Do you know what aneuploidy means? It is an abnormal number of chromosomes seen in a cell. In this case, we're talking about trisomies 18, 13, and 21. Why do we look at PAPPA levels? Correct, low PAPPA in the first trimester is associated with increased rates of aneuploidy, intrauterine growth restrictions, risk for preeclampsia, and a risk for preterm birth. Do you know what we screen for in the second trimester known as a quadruple screen? That's right, we screen for trisomy 18 and 21 and neural tube defects through beta-HCG, inhibin A, estriol, and alpha-fetal protein levels. Pregnant persons will also have an anatomy scan ultrasound in the second trimester, which is around week 18 to 22, looking for physical defects. What sort of physical defects might you see on an anatomy scan? You might see an, ab an abdominal content outside of the baby's abdomen. And what could this be? That's right, gastroschisis or emphalocele. Gastroschisis is where the abdominal contents are outside the abdomen through a defect on the right side of the umbilicus. It notably does not have a covering, differentiating it from an emphalocele. 
Also different from an emphalocele, gastroschisis is not correlated with syndromic conditions, while an emphalocele is often associated with underlying conditions. Do you know why we wait until the second trimester to screen for these? You got it. Embryologically, the intestines exit the umbilicus and rotate. They re-enter the abdomen around week 10. Why might you be concerned if you see a double bubble in the fetal abdomen? This is characteristic for a duodenal atresia. And what condition are you worried about in this fetus? Correct, Down syndrome. What if you see the abdominal contents in the chest? This is evidence of a congenital diaphragmatic hernia, likely causing pulmonary hypoplasia. There are many other conditions that you can look for on a second ultrasound, second trimester ultrasound, but these are some of the high yield ones you might see on step one. Back to second trimester testing. Do you know what blood tests we can run around the 10th week? That's right, we can do cell-free DNA screening. Cell-free DNA is a small amount of DNA that is released from the placenta into the pregnant person's bloodstream. What can we screen for with this test? You got it. Trisomy 13, 18, and 21, as well as some sex chromosome abnormalities. This test usually takes one week to get the results back, and if you have a positive cell-free DNA, it should be followed by a diagnostic exam. Let's dive into what the prenatal screening test results mean, and we're going to do this through some clinical vignettes. You have a young female in her first trimester, 10 to 13 weeks, who would like to have first trimester testing as she has family members with some genetic issues that she's unsure about. After counseling her about what this could mean for her and the baby, she would like to move forward with it. Let's say that her results come back in her beta HCG and PAPPA are both low. Do you know what this is a positive screen for? Yes, it's trisomy 13, or Patel syndrome, or trisomy 18, Edwards syndrome. Do you remember the high yield findings of Patel syndrome, trisomy 13? That's right. The findings are intellectual disability, microthalmia, microcephaly, cleft lip or palate, holoprosencephaly, cutis aplasia, and congenital heart disease. Sadly, these kiddos don't usually survive past one year old. Can you screen for Patel syndrome in the second trimester or only first trimester? Technically, both, but all the levels that are tested in the second trimester would come back within the normal range. Do you remember the high yield findings of Edwards syndrome, trisomy 18? That's right. The findings are prominent occiput, rocker bottom feet, intellectual disability, non-disjunction, clenched fist with overlapping fingers, low set ears, micronathia, congenital heart disease, and myelomeningocele. Do you know what micronathia means? Exactly, a small jaw. Step one test question writers love micronathia, the overlapping fingers and rock bottom feet and question stems. So be on the lookout for those buzzwords. 
Sadly, though, these kiddos also don't usually make it past one year old. Okay, now let's say mom's first trimester screening comes back with a high beta HCG and low PAPPA. Do you know what this is a positive screen for? Yep, trisomy 21, AKA Down syndrome. What are the high yield findings of Down syndrome? That's right, flat faces, decreased tone at birth, prominent epicanthal folds, a single palmar crease, an incurved fifth finger, and a gap between the first and second toes, also known as sandal foot. Do you remember what ultrasound findings might be indicative of Down syndrome? Exactly right. Nuchal translucency on the first trimester ultrasound and the double bubble of duodenal atresia on the second trimester ultrasound. Unlike the other conditions, these patients can have full lifespans but are at increased risk of certain conditions as they age, such as early onset Alzheimer's disease, developmental delay, and certain types of leukemia. Okay, now let's say a young female presented to her OB in her second trimester and decided she wants to have the second trimester quadruple screening. Her results come back and it's low beta HCG, estriol, and AFP with normal or low inhibin A. Do you know what this is a positive screen for? Yep, you got it, Edwards syndrome. An easy way to remember this is to think of the first two letters in Edwards, E and D, for everything down in Edwards syndrome. Now, what if that second trimester screening came back with high beta HCG, high inhibin A, and low everything else? Correct, this is Down syndrome. An easy way to remember this one is to remember that the markers for Down syndrome are high, H for HCG and I for inhibin, which will both be elevated. At this point, you might be asking yourself, how do I remember which trisomy is named what? No worries, we've got you covered. Here are some easy ways to remember. To begin with, let's think about Down syndrome. This is trisomy 21. The easy way to remember this one is that the drinking age is 21. Next, we have Edwards syndrome, or trisomy 18. There's two ways to remember this one. You can think of the election age being 18, or you can think of Twilight's Edward Cullen was in high school making him 18. Lastly, we have Patel syndrome, which is trisomy 13. You can remember this one by remembering that puberty starts at the age of 13. Do you know the incidence of the three trisomies we just talked about? You got it. It's Down syndrome followed by Edwards and then Patel. You can remember this by putting them in alphabetical order. So what happens if one of the screening tests come back positive? That's right. These are screening tests which do not give you a definitive answer. You have to do a diagnostic test. These tests are again dependent on what trimester the pregnant person is in with each having their own risk. The first trimester diagnostic test is called a chorionic villus sampling, which is done from week 10 through 13. 
Do you know what this tests for? Yes, it tests fetal cells and a sample of chorionic villi. This diagnostic test detects trisomy 13, 18, and 21, and some inherited disorders for which you can request testing for, but it does not identify neural tube defects. The second trimester diagnostic test is called an amniocentesis, which can be done from weeks 15 to 20. What does an amniocentesis test for? It tests fetal cells in a sample of amniotic fluid. This diagnostic test detects trisomies 13, 18, and 21, as well as some inherited disorders for which you can request testing and certain types of neural tube defects. Let's recap what we've learned about prenatal screening and testing. During the first trimester, which is week 10 to 13, what are we screening for? That's right, we're screening for trisomies 13, 18, and 21 through beta HCG, PAPPA levels. What do you see in a positive screen for trisomy 21? Exactly, high beta HCG and low PAPPA. What would you see in a positive screen for trisomy 18? You got it, low beta HCG and a low PAPPA. Remember, this is Edward syndrome and the first two letters of Edward are E and D for everything down. What about trisomy 13? That's exactly right. A positive screen for trisomy 13 will look the same as a, as a screen for a trisomy 18. Pregnant persons can also have an ultrasound for nuchal translucency in the first trimester. What might nuchal translucency be indicative of? Yes, chromosomal abnormalities. Now during the second trimester, a quadruple screen is done during weeks 15 to 20. What are we screening for? Exactly right. We are screening for trisomies 18 and 21, as well as neural tube defects through beta HCG, inhibin A, estriol, and AFP levels. What do we see on a positive screen for trisomy 21? You got it. High beta HCG and high inhibin A. Estriol and AFP will both be low. What about a positive screen for trisomy 18? You got it. Again, remember ED for everything down in Edwards syndrome. What if you have high AFP? Correct, that's a positive screen for neural tube defects. Pregnant persons will also have an anatomy scan ultrasound around weeks 18 to 22. What are you concerned about if you see abdominal contents outside of the fetal wall, outside of the fetal abdomen before 10 weeks? Nothing, exactly right, this is normal. What about in that second trimester anatomy scan ultrasound after 10 weeks.
Exactly. Gastrocecus or emphalocele. And what does it mean if you see a double bubble sign on the fetal ultrasound? Perfect. That is characteristic of duodenal atresia and is highly suspicious for trisomy 21. What do you do if you get a positive result on any of the prenatal screenings? Exactly. Based on shared decision-making between provider and parents, you can move forward with more diagnostic testing. And which of that, those diagnostic tests can identify neural tube defects? Exactly right. Amniocentesis can identify neural tube defects, while chorionic villus sampling cannot. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe to our podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, visit our website at spoonfulofsugar.org and post them under the link for this episode. Good luck with studying, and remember if you ever have an SOS moment while studying, Spoonful of Sugar is always here to help the medicine go down.